On this episode of Comedy Rewind, was kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger's true arrival as a comedy star? Is Arnie genuinely funny or are we kind of just laughing at his accent? Is this a movie for kids? And if so, why are there so many people getting shot? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica and 8-Bit as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, I didn't think of anything clever to say. Give, give me one second. <laughs> and joining me, his kids tell me that his wife says he's a real sex machine. It's Anthony Florida. <laughs> How you doing? It's true. I'm good, and it's 100% true. Sometimes her a little more than me, but you know, it goes by month by month. It changes yeah. the flip-flops, but I'm doing really good. Jono, thank you for having me on Comedy Rewind, and I'm really excited today to ch- I almost said sit down and chat with you about mm. uh, a really awesome movie. Yeah, well, it's a strange time in the culture at the moment. Everyone needs a good laugh, so I hope people can uh, take some levity from... The antics of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of four-year-old kids. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, just you know, all the good one-liners in there. But yeah, you're right. It is a weird time to be around right now with the whole with the COVID stuff going around and whatnot. Mm. But hopefully, we like, like you said, we can make some people laugh and make you forget about that that self-quarantine. Yeah. So talking kindergarten cop. But first of all, Anthony, why don't you tell the uh, listeners at home what you do? Who who is your daddy? What does he do? Who's my dad? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jonah, what a wonderful tie-in. Who, who's the daddy? What does he do? <laughs> my name's Anthony, uh, a.k.a. Dabob Plays. Uh, I'm a casino employee over here in California, and I guess, I don't know, internet personality. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Dabob Plays and twitch.tv slash Plays, where I, I haven't been streaming as much, but uh, we'll, we'll get back into it eventually. We got... We got work and shit going on in California right now where mm. it's, there's, there's, other, there's other pressing matters. But we did get basically like two weeks off from work. So uh, kudos. Thank you, COVID-19. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, man. And uh, Dad's Beards Nerds, how often is that podcast coming out? Because I feel like most people aim for like once a week, but you guys are kind of firing the podcast machine up a bit more frequently, eh? Yeah, so we do uh, we do news Monday through Friday. It's generally like three to four stories anywhere from – we pull from like, you know, IGN – uh game spot that's commitment uh, man like like games in ga- games industry uh, dot biz you know it as crazy as it sounds they really only take about a half an hour to make each yeah. day and there's three of us there's me george and tommy so i mean we, we divvy up the duties <laughs> the duty and then uh we get we we release um you know like if we do a review on a product or on a mm. game we release those on the saturdays and then we have our prime podcast released every sunday um yeah. so like I'll be doing a review here soon on the 23rd for a, a fun little indie game that I can't talk about right now. But once the embargo's up, I'll, I'll throw out my review on, on what I thought about it. Bonza. Well, by the time this is out, I'm sure that that will be out too. So we look forward to that. But uh, I guess I should also say if Anthony's demeanor and voice is somewhat familiar, you may have heard him on previous podcasts I've done putting in work. We had an interview talking yep. about... I guess the work you do, but also having Tourette's and how you bring that into the mix. Uh, yeah. And then also we did an 8-bit cast with Colin Sparling, which was a really good time. That was an awesome time. Then Hungry yeah. Gamers. I, yes. I've been on a bunch of 8-bit content. 
Yeah. I'm just kind of eight bit passes me around like a cheap little sex doll. <laughs> yeah, friend, definitely a friend of eight bit. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll go with that uh, analogy instead of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's uh, it's it's time to talk about Arnie because we have done a lot of you know 15 or so movies on this podcast. It's the first time we've had a bona fide action hero as our lead. I believe. I mean, we've done Jackie Chan. And Chris Tucker in Rush Hour, but Arnie is coming out of a decade here where he was the action hero. With apologies to Sly and Bruce, but you know, I think Arnie owns the '80s as far as action goes. He's got oh, the yeah, action yeah. championship belt, you know. Well, like in the beginning, he definitely looks like Arnie from Commando. Yeah, like he's got that wild, like almost kind of like Terminator esque look, and it, and then it, you know, we take a drastic turn, but we'll get mm. more to that later. Yeah, but I, I just thought it might be a good chance to talk about Arnie in general um, at the top of this podcast because what an amazing life and career this person has had as far as the different turns he's had professionally. You know, he started out bodybuilding. He was, you know, the best at what he did. Enough that he could leverage that into a career in acting. And as we mentioned action was where it happened he was the action hero throughout the 80s and started to learn english more and more as time went on <laughs> so from you know conan to terminator true lies yeah. and on all this uh and then he kind of had a turn in the late 80s towards comedy i don't know if twins was his first attempt at that i haven't got his filmography in front of me but twins was definitely the one that led into this movie because Ivan Reitman was involved, obviously known as the director of Stripes and Ghostbusters. But then Arnie wanted to work with him after Twins again, and, and this was what came out of it. So, I don't know, what are your general thoughts on uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger as a comedic presence? I think, <laughs> I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger was ever meant to do comedy, but much like, uh, I think his accent, for whatever reason, helps him with this i don't know if anybody's mm. watched the uh the khabib tony ferguson press conference the most recent one that they did but khabib's accent and the way he speaks made it more comic made it more comical than, than it was really meant to be he's like i don't know i don't know what you are saying you are you are the funny guy and like the way it comes off that arnold kind of his his accent is obviously pretty strong in this movie and there are some lines that that, that he says where it's just like <laughs> i think his accent helps to make him funnier I think that the accent almost makes it funny at all. Like, obviously, it's not a tumor. Like, that's the the quote for that's that's <laughs> lasted thirty years and still comes up, uh, whether you saw this as a child or not, really. And I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what it's from. And we'll talk about it probably a couple of times later in the pod. But it's the it's his accent, really. It's, it's yeah. his delivery. Oh. Or when he's talking to the um, to the crackhead girl on the couch, he's like, "I'm going to follow you forever." <laughs> to Why don't we are day. friends. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hang out every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. And I think like someone in Hollywood watched him in all these action movies like Terminator and whatever, and they just went, "This guy's actually pretty funny." <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> there's just something about him, even when he's serious. His delivery, his deadpan, it's comical. You know, even in Terminator, when he's ordering guns off the wall, and he's like, Uzi, 9mm, or whatever it is. 
sorry i don't know how many millimeters an uzi is but 18 millimeters <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all just... the millimeters yeah. he's i just he's entertaining and his physical presence adds so much to his comedy as well because it's i guess it's that um contrast of you know this big tanky guy and he's being brought to his knees by a bunch of kids in this film and that and that makes the comedy work so well one of the favorite uh, things involving his size is when he, they do the first fire drill and he's he's pulling <laughs> he's got one kid by his belt and the other kid underneath his arm and he's just yeah. walking out looking like so <laughs> flabbergasted and it's one of the funniest things yeah it's a it's a funny thing that, that hollywood's been able to pull off with arnie making him seem so huge like they talk about him in this movie like he's a giant i think he's only like 510 or something in real life yeah yeah or he's, not, he, he's not actually that tall yeah, he's just so broad and obviously he's a tank and especially in 1990. So, yeah. And, and then, I mean, what he's done since this movie, a lot more comedies, Junior, you know, uh, Jingle All The Way. And yeah. then he kind of had a bit of a break. And you can probably talk about this a little bit as a Californian, but do you remember much about the governator era of Avani? I don't. So I was in, I want to say junior high to high school and i wasn't really paying much much attention to politics i just remember him and like maria shriver like maria shriver was was his wife at the time mm. and uh she was always by his side and like the rumors were a lot of like maria shriver was the one kind of running the show <laughs> arnold was there to kind of just be the face but i mean it was a huge deal especially in california when that happened i remember everybody being like arnold schwarzenegger's running for mayor or for governor and then he wins and everyone's like arnold schwarzenegger is our governor and he wasn't <laughs> I think in the broad scheme of things, he actually wasn't even like that. He wasn't that bad of a governor. He was better than some of the predecessors that have been governor as of now. Um, also, I think he just got in at a good time in California to where he didn't really have to do much. And it was kind of easy peasy. And I think the the whole novelty of having Arnold Schwarzenegger as your governor was, was a big uh, reason of like why his, his can't or his, you know, governor see why his time as <laughs> yeah. governor went so smooth and easily yeah interesting i i do remember i would have been yeah 14 or 15 when it happened but watching the tonight show with jay leno when he announced that he was running and kind mm -hmm. of as a kid not really knowing that much about politics i was like oh that's unusual but okay and then he won obviously and yeah you start to see him his photo in the newspaper and it's not to do with hollywood it's to do with politics and yeah interesting that uh I guess following in the footsteps of Ronald Reagan and then we see Trump go from entertainment industry to presidency. And yeah, it, it's a weird country you have over there, Anthony. What can I say? I think that I think he would have done a better job at presidency than Trump. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> he unfortunately, because he, he wasn't a born American citizen. He, he yeah, would have never, he's not allowed. That's yeah, it. he's not allowed. But it would have been cool to see him as our governor. I think the Simpsons would have would have got another prediction correct with that with a i think maybe there was an episode of simpsons where like Mc, yeah. mcbain was the president <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome and i think it's even like his politics is interesting he started out as a republican and he was like very pro of uh pro in favor of the iraq war and he was good friends with george w and then as time went on he i think he became a lot more moderate and and now we, we know him and love him from uh i guess like he's, he's quite good at social media you know we see him owning the bullies we see him yeah. kind of standing up for uh you know he's a, he's a big 
proponent of the special olympics he's an ambassador for that event and just yeah global warming he's been very uh, vocal about so yeah he's, he's in an interesting space now where he's probably like definitely past his prime as far as film goes but i think still very much a relevant figure in hollywood i just love that like every video every twitter video he posts he's, he's got that cigar in his mouth yeah <laughs> he's definitely a legend so i mean that, that's that's arnie we can we'll talk about him more throughout but uh yeah i'm, I'm really glad that we could cover a film that kind of covers him off in his prime but uh kindergarten cop i hadn't seen this for at least 10 years probably longer and i'm guessing for you rewatching it was the same yeah i think what this this movie came out what year did it come out 90 1990 1990 so i was five i was five i mean i i do have memories of watching this movie but like i told you before or like I told you before we started the podcast, like I remember this movie way differently than how it actually played out. Mm. What was the main difference? Because yeah, similarly, I watched this, I was probably 10 or 11 when I finally saw yeah. it. So it was probably like 96, 97. And I remember it being like, oh, this is kind of like a, a grown up movie because it has so much, like it starts off and it ends with these violent scenes yeah, <laughs> uh, of people getting shot and as much as the whole middle section is all kids and like those kinds of like Billy Madison kind of gags of like, it's the fish out of water back in school and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's bookended by these kind of cop movie. These 100% 180 moments. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The beginning and the end scenes where, where shit pops off on both are dev- I, I did not remember those at all. <laughs> and they're intense scenes too. It's not like they're like, uh, they're these small little, little, little asides that, that help to move the story along. They're like, they're pretty heavy. And then mm. all of a sudden it gets light for, for the next, you know, was it 60 minutes or whatever. I remember I, for whatever reason, I thought that at some point the classroom got blown up. Uh, because okay. or the, the, one of the classroom walls got, got got like caved in because that tower that the kid was going to attach stuff to fell on it and then I, i'm watching it and i'm like oh i remembered this way wrong with the, <laughs> the, the tower scene is just like barely there and then the whole yeah. classroom theme it doesn't even happen in the classrooms it happens in in locker rooms and i was like i remember watching i was watching it what yesterday and just being like wow my memories of this movie were so off that's funny why do you think it's is it because it's been so long since you watched it oh yeah this is definitely this is a movie i watched probably once maybe twice as a five or six year old and i've never watched this movie since it's not like we were chatting about home alone and home alone 2 where those movies are are they're kind of timeless and if anything they're they get funnier with age but this was one of those movies where as a child i was never like i think when i'm an adult i'll watch this all the time you know (laughs) (laughs) and then watching it as an adult like I, I kept having those moments too. Where I was like, "Holy sh! This is a kids' movie. This was meant for kids." Yeah, I don't know if is it a kids' movie. That's a a good question. I wonder what the rating is. Like, I want to say it was marketed as a kids' movie, but yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff from the '90s that were marketed as kids stuff. Like Ren and Stimpy is one of the, the like my biggest examples where I I remember watching those as an adult again and being mm. like, "Wow, this." This was not for kids. <laughs> or like Rocco's Modern Life, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so I think it, it came out PG-13 for violence, some sexual content, brief drug material, and some language. 
Yeah, and, but all the parents let us watch it because they saw a kindergarten cop. It wasn't like, yeah. like, you know, college campus cop, you know, or something like that. So they, like, oh, kindergarten <laughs> cop must be a kids movie, and we all go to see it in theaters. Well, you look at the cover, and it's the kind of kiddie text, like the childish font, and then him with all the kids. So you probably look at it and go, oh, it's like you know, daddy daycare or like that level yeah. of comedy. But it's actually yeah, a lot darker at at different moments. And oh yeah. Then, there's so many we'll get to this a bit later but there's so many adult themes in there as well like there's um family violence that gets talked about there's the whole concepts of like divorce and kidnapping and oh there's a lot of divorce there's a lot of concepts of divorce in this movie it's like (laughs) half the kids there their parents are divorced and they let you know like right in the beginning yeah so that's what we're dealing with and i guess i think that makes it an interesting film because it's not just for one of those demographics. And I don't know, maybe it's poorly done because it means that kids can't watch it. <laughs> and I think well, Arnie I think, said I, it would have made a lot more money if they hadn't made it so dark, but it still I think made that a lot of money. It's just a sign of the times, you know, it was the nineties and, and like divorce was a big topic then as well. Like in the mm. beginning of the nineties, you know, like they were, I've ever seen like after school, movies or whatever that had to deal with that you know like it's not your fault kiddo mommy and daddy just you know we don't get along anymore and stuff like that and uh but that cover that that movie cover is definitely that screams this is a kid's movie Mm. (laughs) it does that definitely does not say strong violence in the first 15 minutes (laughs) and the last 15 minutes (laughs) at least it's like bookended so that you can kind of if you're watching it at home you can bring the kids in after (laughs) a few scenes and then they can go to bed before it ends <laughs> yeah like yeah he i i also love his uh his transformation from like grizzled cop to, to, to kindergarten teacher because yeah, he's great. just like this totally grizzled dude with this wild facial hair and this look about him like he's just he's just done with life and then mm. all of a sudden he's a kindergarten cop and he, or he's a kindergarten teacher freshly shaved wearing polos it's just like the most like 180 yeah the, the opening scenes, he literally looks like one of his action characters, doesn't he? Yeah. Like he's got the, the sunglasses and he's like walking into the like drug den, shooting people. We're yeah. going to get to that as well. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. So I want to run off some of the, the precursory information. So filmed for a budget of $26 million. It made $202 million. That's a huge success. Yeah. Uh, definitely a huge success and much better than some of the movies we've talked about on this podcast. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it came in at a 50%. So I guess that's technically rotten. Half of the critics didn't like it. but I, And I can see it is such a mishmash of styles. Like it's part action and cop movie, kind of buddy cop with him and his partner there, played by Pamela Reed. And then it's part you know, fish out of water comedy. So it we'll get to the kind of end result of this discussion and decide whether the movie is good or not. But you can see how it would be a bit mixed at the time, can't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, like, first off, that budget compared to what it made, that's bat bonkers. And that was probably only because Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that movie. <laughs> Because well, because because Arnold at that time he was huge. He yeah, was just definitely. This huge action star. So I think had that movie not starred Arnold Schwarzenegger, it wouldn't have made that much. But what that's it made 
eight times his budget, nine times his budget, mm. which is bat bonkers, especially for the nineties. That was a lot of money, especially for 1990. Uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's this weird mix of like multiple movies at times. You don't even know like what, what kind of movie it's trying to be, especially with, uh, like, like the scene with where he punches the dude, he says, you hit the kid. I hit you. It's like this, like yeah. revenge movie it's this buddy cop movie it's this normal cop movie it's this fun-filled kids movie it's got all these weird tropes in there that probably should have never even been together but for whatever reason worked just because it's it's arnold schwarzenegger and they wanted to put him in something a little a lit just mm. a teeny bit lighter yeah i mean if you just look at the previous films he did before this you can kind of see the momentum building towards you know why this made so much money so we've got predator in 87 the Running Man in 87, Red Heat, Twins, Total Recall came out in 1990, and then Kindergarten Cop, and then Terminator 2. So a good time to be to be Arnold. But what you said, Anthony, you were spot on. Like even I pulled up a review from Roger Ebert and he said, Kindergarten Cop is made up out of parts that shouldn't fit, but somehow they do, making a slick entertainment out of the improbable, the impossible and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's it's a lot of weird parts from like the like the first fifteen and the last fifteen are very much Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. But then you've got this middle portion where it's like it it just doesn't feel like it belongs. But it, like like you said, it works. It, it works. Mm. It's almost like you're watching kind of two separate movies that somehow got merged and and whoever was editing it did did it perfectly. Like, yeah. like the editors for Survivor, you know. Yeah, true. And it's almost like for us being kids, I think it was probably like a good entry point for Arnie movies too. Yeah. Like after seeing this, you could go, oh, that guy. Now you go and watch Twins and then you go and watch Terminator or something that's like a bit of a jump, but still fairly digestible. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's just... And you know, it's not even that bad of a movie to watch as an adult. Like rewatching it as an adult... It was just a lot of it was like, <laughs> like, holy shit, this is a kid's movie. But it was still funny. I was still laughing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So setting the scene, we were both children. But uh, the number one song when this movie came out, you're not going to guess it. So I'm just going to tell yeah, just you. just tell me. Because I Love You, the Postman song <laughs> by, <laughs> by Stevie B. Do you know this tune? I do not. Me neither. I think it's an R&B track probably uh, some of our older listeners are probably like what but that was it that was number one and uh the movie came out about a month later in australia our number one song at that point was righteous brothers unchained melody uh-huh. which is a 1955 song that was re-energized by being on the ghost soundtrack so we've talked about that on uh i think home alone when when we did that episode it was number one again but did it feature the num- didgeridoo <laughs> does it actually i, I wouldn't even know is, is that's a requirement for every australian band right at some point it has to feature the, the didgeridoo in every song oh, i didn't say that they were an australian band <laughs> oh. it was on the ghost soundtrack <laughs> probably not <laughs> but i can tell you uh number two at that point it was ice ice baby so that that's something a bit more oh. along my oh. along my tracks i wonder if the, if that movie would have sold even more money had it had the titular <laughs> uh, uh or song ice ice baby yeah, during the like the <laughs> the pottery scene, maybe. Yeah, it's just like uh, 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 oh, I wait. Is that the yeah? That's the song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and everyone's just like, 
Yeah, you know, you got to see that pottery scene. It is off the hook. Vanilla Ice is in there. They play a song, and it's just steamy. So romantic. <laughs> you can just feel, you can just smell the sex in the theater. Mm. So, Anthony, what have you done for me lately? The, uh, the cast of this film haven't been that relevant lately, so I'm not going to kind of dig into most of them. I think it's probably just worth talking about Arnie to start with. Terminator Dark Fate was mm-hmm. the latest movie from him. Did you see that one last year? I, I did not. No, me neither. Apologies to Brendan White, uh, our resident <laughs> Terminator super fan, but it didn't make it onto my radar. But as I mentioned earlier, apart from doing the movies, Arnie's keeping himself pretty busy on social media, owning the trolls and whatnot. Yeah, I think the last thing I saw Arnold in was probably one of the Expendables movies. Mm, like Expendables 3 or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know what, though? Like, quick aside, I love the Expendables, the Expendables movies because they're exactly what they say they are. There's no mm-hmm. fluff. It's just a mindless action movie. It's it's 90 minutes of mindless action, and I love it. Yeah, definitely. It's like memes, action yeah. memes coming to life. Yeah, it, it's like Vine. I could spend 90 minutes on, on Vine when Vine was a thing. <laughs> Rest in peace, you sweet baby angel. Yeah. And just watching six-second videos of nothing. So Penelope Ann Miller played the romantic lead in this movie, Joyce. Uh-huh. Apparently her name was Joyce. I don't remember that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, she's apparently had a bit of a run on Criminal Minds and Riverdale. So good on her for still working 30 years later. Yeah, she she looked familiar. I'm going to take a look at, at her There's actual... a couple of familiar faces in the movie. Uh, like one of the kids' mums, the one that's like, Mom, he's not married. Like oh. <laughs> that that mom was uh, Susan from Seinfeld, George's fiance, and yeah, there's a couple others that kind of just pop up. I saw uh, Kathy Moriarty and was like, "What?" Mm. I saw I saw that Moriarty last name and I was about to be like, "Colin never told us he had a <laughs> uh, a famous aunt or a famous family member." Yeah, she's uh, she's still working too. That Kathy Moriarty. I looked her up and she's. Had a pretty decent career, but nothing that I've heard of, which is why she didn't make it into this segment. But that's that's enough for that one. We'll move into the most 90s moment. What did you have, Anthony? The most 90s moment is uh, Richard Tyson walking around in that suit and ponytail. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. He even gets out of prison and is still wearing it. And then when they go to Astoria or wherever it is, he's still wearing it. He's the same still suit? wearing well, I don't, I think like same suit, different undershirt, but like yeah. that suit with that ponytail is got to be one of the most like '90s business like attire I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a slick look for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the um, the opening of the movie, and I said to Hannah, "Do you think he's the bad guy?" She's like, "Yeah." It's like, "How come?" She's like. Because he's got a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a lot of '90s movies, the bad guys yeah. have ponytails. <laughs> yeah, well, just, he, he looks like so. Rid- he just looks so ridiculous too, and um, in, in like every scene they show him, he he just so, looks so ridiculous. Also, one of the weirdest moments in this movie is when the mom's buying all of the medical stuff, mm. and is an enema. And he's like, yes. he doesn't need it, mom. And she's like, what? it worked for you. You never got sick. And then I'm watching this as an adult. I'm like, what the f*** was she doing to him? <laughs> yeah. It, it's a weird relationship between those two, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll get more into that later. But uh, mm. yeah, most '90s is definitely watching that guy walk around in that that like <laughs> in living color, like colored shirt with that. It just that like screamed the most. That was the most '90s theme in that whole movie. That they just mm. screamed out, "This is the '90s." Because it was 1990, there's a lot of kind of '80s hangovers that are still yeah. in this movie, including most of the women's hairstyles. They've got that almost. It's not Farrah Fawcett, but it's the like very early Elaine Bennis Seinfeld yes. kind of like puffs and that kind of thing. And even like you mentioned Arnie in those polo shirts, tucking in those kind of rugby shirts into his pants with the high yeah. pants. Yeah, like, I was about to say, some of those nice. shirts look like rugby shirts. Like yeah. it looked like he was wearing a rugby shirt. That's I, That was one of the, the things I did think was like, that is that a rugby shirt? I don't play yeah. rugby in Austria. <laughs> so yeah that's what i had and then there was two other things i want to throw in there when he's in hospital at the end and his partner comes in she kisses him on the lips and yeah Hannah and i were just like oh like that's kind of unusual and i decided it was maybe a, a thing of its time like i feel like now any kiss on the lips isn't happening without some kind of romance but that was a completely yeah. plutonic kiss on the lips and her fiance walked in like a second later. So it wasn't meant to be like suggesting anything. It was just a normal does, thing to them. Her, her fiance walks in and does the most classic broken leg gag in all of Hollywood. Yeah. Where he, he grabs, <laughs> accidentally grabs under the string his leg is elevated on and moves it. He's like, oh, and he's like, oh, my leg. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I brought you all this food. And the whole ending in general was pretty 90s cheesy as well. He goes from being in hospital with these broken limbs and casts and everything. He got shot in the arm and somehow he's got a cast on his leg. And then he walks into the kindergarten and his, you know, Joyce, his romantic interest, apparently never visited him in hospital because she's like so happy to see him there. And <laughs> he walks in and interrupts the class with his yeah. whistle and there's a new teacher in there. And I guess he's decided now I'm going to be a kindergarten teacher. I skipped yeah. the whole like education side of it. And because I did it for a week, now I can do it full time. Exactly. And then he and picks every- her up. And then he, yeah, he kisses <laughs> her in, in front of everyone. And the kids are clapping. And the principal is standing like a meter away. And yeah, she's clapping. Like- and then it freeze frames. And it's the end of the movie. And I'm like, that is the most 90s part of this whole thing. Because... If someone did that in a real school when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't even have noticed. I w- yeah. definitely wouldn't have clapped and cheered, yep. even if it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sorry. Well, it's just funny too because he has a broken leg. He picks her up and starts spinning around. <laughs> yeah. And I remember th- I looked at my wife and said, "Doesn't he have a broken leg?" Where did he get <laughs> shot? I thought he was shot in the shoulder. I, I it looked like he got shot in the shoulder and then once in yeah. like the chest, but maybe the one that was meant for his chest actually hit him in the leg. I don't know. Maybe. Listen, it's kindergarten <laughs> cop. Okay, we're not watching kindergarten cop with the same level we watch Criminal Minds and for them to understand where everyone was hit and hurt. Okay. Hey, I am. That's what I'm about. There's gonna be some inconsistencies. Okay, Jono. Yeah, we just found a big one. Anyway, we will move on to the most iconic scene, and I feel like. There's only one. Anthony. The most iconic scene? Yeah. It's not a tumor. <laughs> is that what I was going to say. I was thinking, who is your daddy and what does he do? See, I, we- I totally forgot about that at all. And, but throughout the years and the, like, the decades, I've always remembered, it's not a tumor. 
Maybe well, it's a tumor. The, that's the line. That's they're the two lines that have lasted. But I think the, the who is your daddy and what does he do? It leads into each of the kids standing up and saying something hilarious about their parents. Was it my mommy says my daddy's a sex fiend? A sex machine. <laughs> yeah. I just about died. Who yeah. is your daddy and what does he do? We're going to play a little game. And then there's like the kids talking about like. You know, my dad's a gynecologist and he looks at penises and vaginas all day. <laughs> and then I think one of them says that, like, my daddy sits on the couch. Like, I'm sure that's what our kids would be saying about us. But that scene is, like, it's so fun and the kids are so great in this movie. Probably should quickly talk about the kids, right? Yeah. I think they they cast, like, 30 kids and none of them had, like, acting experience. They they auditioned like a thousand or two thousand or some crazy number of kids for this and the ones they picked i think that they did really well what do you reckon i think they did really well i think kids that age is like trying to get a cat to learn how to do Mm. a backflip you know like like i i think all the kids did really well yeah i i none of them seemed like they got lost or tripped up i'm sure they had to do a bunch of takes but the takes they got from those kids like came out really well uh, better than than i would expect it yeah definitely and I, I think that was one of Arnie's things I read in doing some research is he, he's someone that loves proving people wrong. And he's like, people say you shouldn't work with kids or animals. So it's like, I'm going to get all the kids and all the animals. And <laughs> the like, ferret. There's, there's a ferret and there's ponies. And like, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think uh, the ferret is a great addition to the, yeah. to the movie. <laughs> yeah. At, at one point that, that one kid's mom, the, uh, the mom with the... Uh, her husband left left her for another man. Mm. She brings she brings like some sort of like toy. Like there's a raffle and she brings like a toy or something, like a gift basket for the raffle. And she also brings a pony that I'm assuming they're raffling off. She, she brings a fing pony. <laughs> it's got a bow on it. She's like, Oh, I just thought I'd bring these for the raffle. And people are like, Is that a living, breathing pony? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and then there's like the carnival with the ponies, and yeah, it's it's a thing. But yeah, I, I think that scene. So we get the iconic Arnie line followed by the kids doing all their quirky little quotes. So that's the most iconic scene for me. I don't even know. Is it the same scene as uh, it's not a tumor, or is that a different one? Well, the funny thing is that it's not a tumor thing. Is so like it's so quick, and for whatever yeah. reason, that's what I'm, my <laughs> mind remembered. Like it's such like. It's like two seconds long. The kid's like, well, maybe it's a tumor. He's like, it's not a tumor. And it's like so fast and done that yeah. like, I thought it was like this big titular scene that's supposed to be meant to be super funny. Yeah. Like I said, no re- <laughs> rewatching this movie, like I said, a lot of my, my like preconceived notions of what this movie was were drastically uh, fixed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what do you think holds up the best? Holds up the best? Uh, I want to say... Oh man. Um, I think what holds up the best is because everybody hates a bad guy and it helps you really hate that bad guy is when he goes in to buy the little, uh, the little toy car track for his kid. (laughs) And then he's trying to, he's trying to, he's like, I'll pay you double. I'll pay you. I'll I'll pay you four times what it's worth. And then he, he finds the guy outside and he's like, I don't think you understand how this works, buddy. Punches him in the gut, slams his head into the door and then takes, takes the toy car for himself and goes and meets with his mom. He's like, I got junior a gift. <clears throat> I think that holds up like hold I, I think that stays true to the movie because like this guy's supposed to be a really bad guy and I think it, it, it holds up and it makes you re- 
Because you kind of forget about the guy when they're mm. in a story or wherever they're at in Oregon. And then this is like that, that moment where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's a, a total d bottom. We hate him. Yeah, it's a good little reminder. Because I guess like there's some moments like as a, a new dad, there's some moments where I'm like, oh, it's this dad and he wants to see his kid and he misses his kid. But then it's like, oh, wait, he's a murderer and a drug dealer. And yeah. he just <laughs> beat up a, a, a sweet old man yeah, on the he, street for a slut car set. Just took his car <laughs> took his car he, I, I, yeah that seems i like when he leaves he's like i don't know what's up with that guy they're, they're both like what's up with that guy i don't know <laughs> oh he says yeah. tourists he says tourists yeah broad daylight gotta love it the brazen violence for holding up the best there's a few things that i noticed that were very like 2020 like in that sense they hold up well one of them was <laughs> When he first meets his partner, he refuses to shake her hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's good. You're not spreading germs. That's what we've been trained to do these past <laughs> couple of months. That, that holds up well. The other one, <laughs> he's a male teacher. And there's a couple of references to that too. Oh, where, yeah. Like, oh, it's un very unusual for a male to... Like, I think that yeah. maybe the, the, the proportion is still less. But it's you definitely wouldn't comment on it now in that way like you you wouldn't uh i guess make a big deal out of it would you oh no not at all yeah the whole uh, i think like it's like five or six different people who say that all the moms are mm. like I, can you believe the new teacher then they're like but then when they see him it's like oh okay okay <laughs> look at this stud muffin of a man i guess uh male teachers are a theme now you know like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they all definitely make that remark, like, a male kindergarten teacher? Well, that's surely odd in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I thought was really topical was the kind of focus in this movie on family violence or domestic violence. Yes. you got the, the kid who's got the bruises and the mum's trying to hide it and, you know, she's talking about, you know, my husband's trying to, like, get it under control. He's going to therapy. And yeah, and it, it was struck me as such a, like, kind of, I don't know, like, I don't recall a movie dealing with this issue in this way since then. Like, I, I, I'm just trying to think of movies where kids getting beat up is a big part of the story. And I just can't think of anything. And it was 30 years ago. And it's become such a focus point, at least in, in where I live in Australia, there was like a... Uh, parliamentary like inquiry into family violence because you know we decided there's way too many people dying of this we need to do something about it and huge action has been taken and funding has been spent to support the especially the women who are the victims of this and you know figuring out how we can help them before it's too late essentially and seeing it as a theme in this movie it feels like a very current thing and i know that when Arnie was getting this movie, uh, you know, written or whatever it was, he wanted it to have a fitness angle because, yeah. you know, there's that whole thing with the, I guess, he's like a drill sergeant with all these four-year-old kids. But then he also wanted it to have like some depictions of family violence. And I was like, that is so interesting to hone in on that in an era where maybe it was like talked about and then it went away. But from watching it now, 30 years later, it just stands out to me. That's funny that you mentioned it was Arnold who, who wanted that because it, it seems so kind of out of place that it was either mm. Arnold wanted that in there or some like some executive wanted that in there for whatever reason because 
family violence was really big at the time, you know, like like being against it, so they knew it would help the movie sell. Or it was a it was a writer's room thing where someone like very briefly slipped that in and they got past everybody and they're like, Yeah, that part, <laughs> I wrote that part. That's my part. Those are my parts. That's my plot point that I got in there. Like that's that's how I saw it, but I, I wasn't aware yeah. that Arnold was uh was was an advocate for that. But it, it very much it's kind of a like the way they fit it in, I guess works. It's just an odd thing to have in there. Especially when he's like, the mom's like, you can't do anything. We're not doing anything wrong. He's like, knocks the, punches the guy in the, in the stomach. And he goes, I'm going to report you. I'm reporting yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a non sequitur, isn't it? Like it doesn't really have a conclusion. Like there's not like a scene at the end of the movie where that kid's got like a new set of parents who are taking care of him yeah, or something. Yeah, still the same parents. What happened? That When they got home, the dad probably beat the out of the mom and the kid for getting beat up by Arnold. I shouldn't Arnold. laugh, but you're right. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's true. That's often so the, what happens, and that's one of the issues is that police need a really direct style of reporting and evidence before they can actually do something, and, and I guess that's one of the, the issues that's been looked at. But yeah, I mean... It, it stands out. It's kind of jarring that they go there, especially as we were mentioning before, for that whole middle section of the movie, it's lighthearted and it's Arnie trying to get these children under control. And then you've got family violence thrown into the mix and it, it does stand out, but I'm really glad that it's in there. I think that holds up well. It's one of those weird things that just is in there, but somehow works. Like you said, like it's <laughs> this weird conglomeration of different types of like after school movies but they made it work. Mm, yeah. So what holds up the worst? There must be a few things. Uh, first off, that carnival looked so 90s. It was ridiculous. They're riding ponies. Like I don't know anybody who's who's riding around on ponies anymore. Um, and then second, like <laughs> the, the the classic trope of the mother, uh, the bad guy's mom. Like it, yeah. it just it's so ridiculous, and it just doesn't hold up at all. Like like. He's you get him as the bad guy, like I get it, but she's mm. just like so over the top, like Cruella Deville, that it just like totally brings you out of, it. especially with the pharmacy scene too, with all of like the weird medical supplies she's getting with the at home enema, <clears throat> like they, <laughs> there was a lot of weird work put into this character that just didn't hold up then and it doesn't hold up now like if you wanted to make her this bad of a guy like she's even worse than the main bad guy like we got to give her a little more screen time on why she's like this or else she's just some random old weird white lady yeah it's unusual in that you kind of go okay this guy's a drug dealer he's a bad guy you know whatever led him down that path i don't know but then you get these glimpses of her and it's like why is his mom also bad like is she bad because he's bad and it's just like in the DNA? <laughs> She's like getting a drug dealer to give the witness some bad drugs so that she ODs or something. And then apparently that means that he gets to go free <laughs> without, yeah, in the a, a 90s, tri- with, without a trial. <laughs> in the 90s, if your main witness just up and died, you got out. Like you got out scot-free. <laughs> Goodbye. Do not. Like, I get the pass go now. <laughs> I didn't get that. Yeah, that, that's another plot hole. But uh, as you said, we're not here to talk about plot holes in kids. There's also a lot of like cop scenes that just don't make any like they don't hold up at all. But it's kind of like that's what the movies were like in the '90s with the cops, you know? Oh, like that was the first thing that I wrote down for this one was shooting everything in the crack house. 
he walks in there with a <laughs> shotgun <laughs> and he's just like he's like I need to clear this place out and he just like starts shooting just, like, like shoot the coffee shit. tables and like the shelves trying to scare everyone and I'm like I'm pretty sure if you're a cop if you fire a gun you have to fill out like a week's worth of paperwork just to kind of cover yourself so not in 1990 in a, yeah. apparently you could just in, go wherever the hell you want and just blast in it yeah I guess he's in this scene he's kind of being the like you know rogue cop he's like yeah. the vigilante he's gone off off the books you know he's, he's not he's, wearing his uniform he's invested so much time in this case already that he's like he's he just does what he does mm, fearless too fearless uh there's a there's a kid in the kindergarten who's looking up skirts oh, not only yeah. is he uh doing that but they talk about it later he, he tells the kid's mum. the mum's concerned that he's playing with dolls and stuff and he's like, ah, oh, he uses them to look up skirts. And the mom and goes, the mom oh, goes, thank God. That's a relief. And it's like, <laughs> is it? Because pretty sure that's a sex crime. <laughs> and you need to teach your kid young not to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you know what? The, the underlying tone of why it was a relief to her was because, oh, he likes women. Because the dad just left them for another man. Like, that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that scene, uh, that would definitely be what would offend the, like, the most people now. Had that movie been made now? Because like, yeah, the mom's like, "Oh, thank God, he's looking at p be really, it'd be really <laughs> if he would just love d like his dad, you know, like." <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I didn't actually make the connection to that. The fact that she, her husband left for another man, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why she was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> yeah. Like the way she said it, I was like, "Jesus Christ." She's oh, worried it's hereditary. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. He's got to get the gay from his dad. It's in the blood. Yeah, man. The other part that kind of doesn't really hold up to, to modern, I think, screenwriting is just the concept of this movie of we're trying to find a witness. Therefore, we'll go undercover at the kindergarten to track her down. Like, that's the only way to find her. Like, I feel like it's a bit flawed well the best part too is is when shit hits the fan and she knows now that her ex-husband's you know in town trying to find her like hmm. the main reason of why they thought he would go after her it wasn't even the original reason there is no money it's like oh let's just let's just start writing off the cuff we're doing rewrites now right in the <laughs> middle of the fucking movie i never had any money and it's like well what the fuck are we here for because originally they're there because uh, she has the she's supposed to have that three million dollars. Yeah, that's it. And they think that he's coming after the money. But yeah, he's coming after the kid. The other, yeah, it kind of does fall apart if you scrutinize it because the idea was for the uh, his partner to be the teacher, get close and figure out which kid it is. And the reason Arnie's there is because he's just gonna swoop in like a cop and be like, "Yo." you are this person, we need you as a witness, you're coming with me. But then by the time he knows her personally, even with having a personal connection and romance with her, she still doesn't want to help. <laughs> She's still not willing to, to testify against this guy. She's just mad. So 
You know what's funny? Yeah. If this was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, we would have got like a 10-minute awkward sex scene as well. So I'm really, really happy this is Jean-Claude. Or this was, uh, this was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because I don't know if I could have sat through 10 minutes of, of, of steamy softcore porn in the middle of Kindergarten Cop. The titular <laughs> children's movie of the 90s. <laughs> oh, man. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. man. That's great. And the last thing I want to talk about, not holding up well, is the, uh, I guess, the teaching style of, of how the kindergarten operates, just from knowing some teachers and d- people who work in daycare. Like, there is so much paperwork that goes into taking care of other people's kids like you got to like jot down like you got to fill out reports when they eat food you got to document like literally everything that they do and none of that is happening here like arnie's not doing a single thing other than basically babysitting these kids and teaching them drills drill (laughs) uh army drills you know well the best part is too is like they fire a teacher (laughs) They yes. fire a teacher who'd been there for years so these <laughs> cops could go undercover. They fired an elderly woman who probably had tenure and been teaching those kids and those kids loved. So that way they could get another female teacher, a female cop, who then gets sick off that sandwich she ate. And then Arnold's got to come in and is like, no, I can save the day. I would go in there. How bad can it be? <laughs> and then these kids like are just knocking them, knocking them around. But... Yeah, it's it's very relaxed <laughs> for for dealing with five year olds and six year olds. Uh, they're they're very okay with his with his policies and what he's doing. Yeah, it, it almost makes you think like any of us could be a kindergarten teacher if we get a week to figure out what works. Yeah, <laughs> and like the, the, the principal's like, I give him two more days. Like the, the secretary's like, aren't you going to help him? And the principal's like, I I give him two more days before he quits. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and then she's commanding him after he he punches that kid's dad in the stomach yeah she's almost like a police chief in that scene afterwards because she's yeah. like i don't like your methods but damn it you get results <laughs> and- <laughs> i like when he leaves she's just punching the air she's like pow she's like yeah i wish i could have knocked that idiot in his dumbass stomach yeah and then it like it's such a jarring transition from that joke, which is really funny. The the old lady doing the punching, straight to the dead, overdosed corpse <laughs> at the morgue, from one shot to the next, and it's like, oh whoa, this weird is transition. Action, it's an action movie again. <laughs> it's a it's, it, yeah, that's de- that was definitely an odd choice of transition. Yeah. Definitely. And I mentioned Billy Madison before. I got I kept getting these like Adam Sandler vibes because you you have the similar like fish out of water in a uh, a school setting and then you, you also had them doing the uh, I'm not American what's the whole like four score and seven years ago thing called oh yeah they're doing the uh, not to is that it's not the declar I don't think the declaration of independence I, I'm not a hundred I'm American yeah. I'm a hundred <laughs> not even a hundred percent sure what it is but no the Gettysburg address Yes, yeah. So they're doing that, which also we just did a comedy rewind on Big Daddy and Adam Sandler was teaching his kid how to do that in that movie. So maybe it's just a common thing that kids do at school, at kindergarten, mm-hmm. just learn that. And I'm just linking those together because I watched them recently. But I think anyway, it varies uh, from school to school because I don't ever yeah. remember having to do that in kindergarten. <laughs> 
that that explains why you don't know what it's called in. Yeah, I just remember they had us do a bunch of like pioneer stuff because where yeah. where I grew up as a kid, it was like the gold rush era, like the gold rush right. town in California. Yeah. So we had to do a bunch of stupid gold rush stuff. Pan- panning for gold. And- yeah, they're like they're like yeah. oh the farmers no they don't found the gold we go down there it was so dumb there's gold in them hills <laughs> there's a snake in my boot that, you know <laughs> <laughs> who would be the most offended by this movie i think you just mentioned before that whole scene with the kid looking up the dresses oh yeah definitely anyone the second she's like oh thank god definitely anybody in the lgbt uh, q yeah. community would probably be offended by that because uh, it well the way it's the way she says it too like i could see it coming off <clears throat> maybe they could play it off like jokingly but it's the way she says it she's like oh thank god like <laughs> like it's the worst thing that could ever happen to her son like him dying nope him being punched in the face nope my god but don't make him gay you know like <clears throat> i think that, that would that would definitely be the what would offend the most people in this movie now mm. yeah i could definitely see that being a thing Otherwise, I guess teachers. I think teachers will look at oh, this yeah. movie and go, <laughs> "Oh, he just got is... it in a week. That's cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is a fantasy. <laughs> uh, okay. Does Kindergarten Cop pass the internet relevancy test? I'm gonna say yes because of it's not a tumor. Like that is a meme that still gets yeah. thrown around thirty years later. Uh, if you search the kindergarten cop gifs there's a couple there's that one and then there's like the him screaming like shut up in the classroom. <laughs> he hella yells that at those kids too yeah and then they <laughs> shut up and they all just start bawling they all just start bawling and i love it oh my god yeah so i mean yeah i think that the movie's still relevant on the internet despite like it's impressive that Following on from what you said, it's not a movie that we would all rewatch. It's not one that was probably on TV all the time, like yeah. you know, Ace Ventura and Happy Gilmore, and even in more recent years, even like Anchorman and like Step Brothers and, and those kinds of films. It's not on that level, but it's held up and been quotable for those moments that we've talked about previously. Yeah, it definitely does hold up. It passes the internet test. Especially just for it's not a tumor. Like, I still hear people say that, and we're in 2020, the best year ever recorded in human history. Yes, the I best was, year was, ever known to human history. The the year that no movies will come out because <laughs> everyone's afraid of yep. no one. Absolutely, going to nothing watch them. happened in 2020 at all. It was a very boring year. Nothing happened, and we were just all we did was talk about Kindergarten Cop 2020. Very light yeah so speaking of 2020 how would smartphones and social media change kindergarten cop well first off they'd have like tablets or whatever in that class there wouldn't be as many uh (laughs) as many physical toys uh next up they probably wouldn't even be doing a carnival anymore it'd just be like a bake sale and then all those moms the second they found out who the teacher was that dude would be plastered in every mommy thread in that town on Facebook and their own personal phones. Oh my, like, oh, someone would sneak a picture of them and it'd be all over the place. I'm not aware of how that uh, ecosystem, that community works, but you're, you're telling me. All the moms, all the thirsty moms. Cause there, let's not forget. There were a lot of single moms in this movie. <laughs> I'd say about yes. half that class's parents were divorced. 
A lot of divorce. Yeah. And like like the one kid says, Mom, he's single. So someone <laughs> he's not married. That someone would have been searching to see if he had social medias and like, you yeah. know, like figuring it out and posting that picture. We'd probably see something on like Twitter that would blow up being like when your son's when you're thirsty and your son's teacher looks like this or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would be like do you remember the hot convict? meme that was getting around a few years ago yes there was like that's like the mug shot of the guy who looked like a gq model yeah definitely and he and everyone was like in love with him i think that <laughs> he might be like that guy yeah. he might be memeable as like the kindergarten the hot kindergarten teacher or something yep 100 percent. i think any movie like this where it's like track down this person or someone changes their name or whatever it is Social media is going to change that completely. I think it would be so easy to track her down. Although I get that she had kind of tried to change her identity to get away from this ex. Yeah, how easy was it to change your identity in 2020? Like nobody asked for social security. In 1990, yeah. Oh yeah, I said 2020, did I? Yeah, Yeah. how easy was that? In 1990, you could just go to some new town and just be a new person. Literally, nobody's like, yo, can I see your social security card and your birth certificate to make sure who you are so you could be a teacher? A teacher? (laughs) He's not just working at McDonald's. I mean, yeah, it's the the love interests and also then uh, Arnie's character, John Kimball, who it's, it's like they both would be like people would find it unusual that they're not on social media like these yeah. hot these mums thinking that he's hot are going to be like looking up the the you, he's using his real name as a cop as, as a kindergarten teacher as well like john kimball he hasn't got like a an alias they'd be looking for him they'd they'd probably google him and find out that he's like an, an news article about him being a cop and he you know was in in court prosecuting some crook rogue cop (laughs) goes into a drug den and just starts blasting yeah Yeah, that scene it would have been filmed by someone on their phone and they would have put it on twitter and it would have been like police brutality like cop it would have been like california cops be like and why does he have a scope on that shotgun did he? I didn't he had a scope that. on that shot. I just, that was one of the, I think in this movie, that's the thing that pissed me off the most. I was like, <laughs> he's got a scope on his shotgun and never once does he use the scope. He just has it by his side. He's like, douche, douche. Like, use the f- scope. You paid money to put it on there, Arnie. <laughs> he doesn't need a scope. He's the Terminator. It's all at the hip. Yeah. So do you think you could make Kindergarten Cop in 2020? What would that look like? Kindergarten Cop in 2020 is probably got I want to say we got Idris Elbus as the, as, as the cop coming in from cats. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got yeah from cats. <laughs> you saw that too? How they introduced him as Idris Elba from yeah. Cats? Yeah. Out of all the movies Idris has been in, Cats is the one we're gonna put on there. The the movie that flopped so hard. Oh my god! Not even mm-hmm. like what was it? Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Like that made more money than than Cats. But nope, Cats. Anyways, tangent over. So we got Idris Elba as the cop. We got, I want to say, uh, I don't even know who's relevant. We got like uh, Vanessa Hudgens as, because <laughs> she's hot in the news right now. We got Vanessa Hudgens as as the uh, as his partner, <clears throat> like Rosaria yeah. Rosaria Dawson is the mom, and then the kids okay. played by someone who's probably seventeen. Because they don't they don't <laughs> cast anybody for the correct age anymore, yeah. and, it, and it, it's not a kindergarten anymore. 
but it's a uh, kindergarten. So it's like some weird play on words. And it's not even, doesn't even take place in the school. It's on some like French farm where they're hunting people. I don't know. I'm just going okay. on a tangent, but no, I, I think, I think this day and age, it could totally be made. You could put the relevant yeah. spins onto the time, but I, I think it could still be made. I don't think we're going to see as many broad subjects being put on the table on the, on the remake. Yeah. But I, I do, I think <laughs> I do hope one thing though. And if this movie yeah. ever got remade, the main bad guy needs to be wearing the same exact suit and has a ponytail. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like, like to see that too. I think that you could make it now and I think it would be a bit more directly for adults to go and see rather than not being sure who it's for. Like, you know, that, that Seth Rogen movie that came out last year that Seth Rogen wasn't in the... Was it Good Boys or Bad Boys? Oh, good boys, yeah, right? Good Boys, Good Boys. Yeah, like that's a movie about kids, but it was like R18 or MA or whatever. Like it wasn't for kids to go and watch. No, definitely I think not. that it would be along those lines. And I think when you're thinking about tone, it's probably like a 21 Jump Street kind of thing. Yeah. And for that reason, I thought Ice Cube would be like a really good kindergarten cop. That character, that kind of like really kind of angry and grizzled police chief. Like, I think he would be pretty funny. Or you could go with someone a bit younger, Jonah Hill again, as the kindergar- as the 21 Jump Street character, way in over his head with the responsibility of looking after children. I think that could be pretty funny. Or you could go down the route of like, who's the modern version of Arnie? It's probably The Rock. Yeah. The Rock as kindergarten cop. We kind of got it with Tooth Fairy, like kind of <laughs> yeah uh so i think that you could still do it i think it would work it definitely wouldn't have those heavy themes and i think it would be a lot more just geared towards adults i i think they'd probably still keep it in the middle just like you said with less themes i, I mm. and we definitely aren't going to see a transition from a, a light-hearted moment with the principal to a dead body no <laughs> <laughs> a close-up of, of a dead body so this one kind of doubles up as um, could you still make it and useless trivia. Did you know that there was a Kindergarten Cop 2? I did not. Yeah. I did not. With uh, Arnold? With Dolph Lundgren. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the poor man's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, exactly. The I don't even know what country oh he's from. God. Do you know? Is he Austrian as well? Um, No, I don't think he's Austrian. I f- Swedish, maybe? Yeah, I would put money on Swedish. I'm going to quickly Google this fella and see. He's Swedish. There you go. Hey, we did it. I almost said Russian, but that's just because of Rocky Four, where he's playing Drago. But anyway, that's the that's Kindergarten Cop 2. I think it was came out like three years ago, maybe. And obviously, straight to DVD. <laughs> no, no <laughs> Kindergarten Cop 2 with 10 times more f- in it <laughs> he just says he just says instead of shut up he's like shut up grabs a kid by the throat throws him through the window this ain't your daddy's kindergarten cop anymore you little bitch. <laughs> oh my it's time for the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi in this film spark plug. there's not many actors in it who kind of just pop up quickly like they're either in it a lot or they're not worth remembering yeah so it's hard to give this award out to anyone apart from i think linda hunt oscar winner linda hunt who plays miss schlowski 
the principal. <laughs> I think she's fantastic. Every time she's on camera, she's doing something pretty funny. Is that um, Edna from The Incredibles? So I actually looked this up earlier today because I had the same thought, and it's not. Huh? There's, there's a there's a definite resemblance, and there's people speculating that it's based on her. But there's also a couple like the there's a fashion designer that also looks a lot like that yes. and has a similar haircut, and maybe it's a mishmash of of multiple people. But I'm glad that you had the same thought as yeah, I did. Yeah. My wife and I definitely were like, I, "Is that the one from Incredibles?" And she's like, "Yeah, I think it is." And I was like, "I don't know," but I'm like, "It could it's, be though," because I mean, it was made in the, in the '90s, and I know that like yeah. she looks just like her. It's not the actor. It's definitely not the same actor. I can tell you that. But like the look is kind of. There's definitely some resemblance there. It's reminiscent. Yeah. Woo, reminiscent. Other... That's a big word that I just threw <laughs> out is. of is. my vocabulary. Another big word. There's another contender for this award by the name of Sarah Rose Carr, and she played young Emma, one of the kindergarten kids, who you might know from Beethoven. And Beethoven 2. Yes. Another t- another two classic 90s comedies. I thought she and, looked familiar. Uh, yeah. She really peaked quite early. She's the one that does three. the like... She does that angry face thing, right? Yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Beethoven a lot, but I don't remember that specific thing. Be- Beethoven was another movie I maybe have seen twice in my life and it was all as yeah. a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh man, I used to love Beethoven <laughs> and Beethoven, the second Beethoven. Beethoven's second, it was called. We watched a lot of great out, great outdoors as a child. So, so she peaked, she peaked quite early, but I think we should give it to uh, Linda Hunt to add to her Oscar on the shelf. She also gets the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. There we go. Well, uh, Linda, you'll be getting your award in the mail six to eight weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, she's still around. Uh, she's quite old by now. You if know. you aren't alive, we'll, we'll just, wish, wish nothing but the best for her. We'll just send it to your next of kin. If COVID gets you before that, well, there's yeah. really not much we I, can do. I wasn't going to go there. I thought that might be a bit dark to joke about. So It's Anthony okay, Jono. Let, let me take the reins on these ones. I'll let you take the bullet on, on that one. Uh, Anthony, is Kindergarten Cop still a good movie? I want to say, yeah. You know what? I enjoyed watching it. As much as it, like twists and turns and it's so up and down i still enjoyed watching it again yes yeah and i think i'm with you i think if you are a fan of this movie or if you're listening to this and it's bringing back memories go and watch it again because it, it is it is surprising how different it feels to rewatch something that you feel like you would remember everything that happens yeah because it's it's you know it is a memorable movie but if you haven't watched it for so long it gives you a, a new perspective to watch it as an adult especially oh definitely. and there is a, like one second of ass in this movie you see uh, his partner's fiance's ass in the mirror for like a split yeah. second they, they they couldn't get it all out and you see the one of the, i want to say the second whitest ass i've ever seen in my life compared to mine <laughs> yeah she's just casually like eating pasta in bed yeah. when he, Annie walks in on them yeah. and then she gives the part i'm like that must be cold. You're eating cold pasta. Yeah, like he just drove up from California. <laughs> like he just drove. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta be back tonight to work. They flew. Where are you living? <laughs> gonna yeah. casually he's... drive 14 hours back to work tonight. It's gotta be at least 12, maybe two. 
and he's gonna go back. I got a 9 p.m. shift I gotta get back to in California. Bye, guys. It might be more fun to just talk about potholes of comedy, so that might be a new podcast we could work on. <laughs> plot holes in the plot hole comedy <laughs> showcase. The plot hole showcase. Very good. All right, Anthony, that's Kindergarten Cop. Um, go watch it if you haven't for a while. But for now, you can help out this podcast if you enjoyed it with those sweet Apple podcast reviews, Podchaser reviews, any platform you've got that lets you tell everyone else how great we are. Go ahead and do it because it keeps the emotional lights on along with the Patreon support we get from people such as Anthony Florida right in front of us here. Me! Shout out to all our 8-bit patrons. If you want to support the collective, it's uh, patreon.com slash weare8bit, A-T-E-B-I-T. If you want to let us know what you thought of this episode uh, and Anthony's sense of humor, where can people let you know uh, all their feedback, Anthony? <laughs> First off, we I went very heavy on like what scene would be most offensive, and I cannot wait for those lines to be taken out of the context and used against me in 10 years. Next up, you can find me at uh, I just search Dad Bod Plays. I'm on all social media, and then uh, check out my podcast, Dad's Beards Nerds. If you search Dad's Beards Nerds on you know your your favorite podcast app or avenue, you will find us. So thank you so much, Jonah, for having me on the show. As as always, it was a pleasure to get to sit here and listen to that beautiful, smooth as molasses voice of yours. You are too kind, as always. But of course, you can catch me on Twitter at Jono himself. Dear listeners, thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind. <laughs>